Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to Go Ask Alley, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Allie Wentworth, and you're listening to Go Ask Alley, where this season we try to figure out how to grow a teenager in a pandemic. Now, today's topic is actually very personal for me as well. We're talking about teenagers and anxiety, and um, I'm as anxious as they come, and I have two teenage daughters that suffer from anxiety. And now that the pandemic has hit, us parents have to really help them get through it. I am so pleased to be here with my guest and friend, Harold Kopowitz. He is the founding president and medical director of the Child Mind Institute. He's also one of the leading child and adolescent psychiatrists and an advocate for child mental health. Harold, thank the Lord you are here with me today because the world is on fire. Oh, it's a pleasure. I love being with you. You know that. Although talking to you would be a three-day podcast, I'm going to narrow it down to anxiety because as you know, I live in a family of very anxious people, and it has certainly been amped up during the pandemic. I can imagine how busy you've been with it, but let's sort of pull the lens back and say, what are the kind of the biggest things the Child Mind Institute's facing right now in terms of anxiety in the pandemic? Well, let's just think about it for a second, mm-hmm. that on a good day, one out of five kids in the United States have a mental health disorder. And the number one mental health disorder is anxiety disorders. But on a bad day, during a pandemic, 
every child's mental health is affected. They don't all have mental health disorders, but let's just take a look at the four buckets of kids. So the, the first bucket is 60% of American kids who are happy-go-lucky, typically developing. They do really well, and they never see a mental health professional. And if they have a few bad days, they have many more good days. Those kids now have symptoms. They don't have regular school. They're worried about their parents' health or their grandparents' health. They're worried that their dad or mom will lose their job. That kind of stressor is going to give anybody symptoms. The second group of kids are the 15% of kids who are subclinical. You know, they're a little quirky. They're a little moody. They might be a little more inattentive than the average person, but they never have enough symptomatology to cause distress and dysfunction. They never make it to a mental health professional because somehow they cope with those symptoms. That's what by meaning subclinical. When you add a stressor like this global pandemic, those kids now have symptoms. And then we have the 20% of the population that does have a mental health disorder, and only 40% of them get help. So the 60% who aren't getting help are very symptomatic. And the last group are 5% who have serious psychiatric disorders, like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, or very low-functioning autism. Mm -hmm. And typically, those kids wouldn't be emotionally or cognitively connected enough to the world to understand what's going on. Right. But because this is a global pandemic, the supply chain has been affected. So their day treatment program, their social groups, the medication in their pharmacy isn't as readily available. So we now have an event that's affecting absolutely everyone. And therefore, every child's mental health is affected. That's a lot to take in. And I want to get into how parents can help. But on the other side of the coin, are you seeing any anxieties sort of alleviated in this new normal? So if you have a child who has social anxiety, the kid who is pathologically self-conscious might really would rather be silent than raise their hand and take a chance of giving the wrong answer. Well, their social anxiety symptoms have mostly disappeared because they're at home now. They don't have to go to class. They didn't have to be in a social group at sleepaway camp or day camp. Um, they are really not being exposed to any social anxious moments. Um, if you have separation anxiety, you have the kind of anxiety that you are fearful that something terrible will happen to threaten the uh, integrity of your family. So homesickness, uh, separation problems, maybe even physical problems when you're separated. You're not separated. You, yeah. you have ready access to mom and dad. And for kids who have OCD, well, now everyone's got OCD. Everyone right. is washing their hands excessively, wearing masks. So right now, a lot of kids who are anxious aren't showing symptoms because they're not being exposed. What I worry about is that when we re-enter the world, we're going to have some big problems. And we're also going to have a lot of PTSD. We have a lot of kids who are going to have post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, I mean, look, certainly I'm in a position where my kids are at home and I'm dealing with social anxiety and, and things sort of opening up and how my kids feel about that. But listen, I worry about the underserved children in our country whose parents have lost their jobs or they're sick or they're fearful of COVID because, you know, once COVID comes into their house, there's no means of making money. And I also worry about how the children and their level of learning is being affected if they can no longer attend school in person. I mean, how do you think COVID-19 is going to affect these kids and their education? If you're in a school that has too many kids in the class um, and now you are doing, you know, online or distance learning, which is challenging for the best student, you recognize that there's going to be a few kids who are going to let go. They were barely holding on to staying in high school and they let go. 
And I think that that's going to be a problem for our country because we're going to see not only that your kids might have some academic remediation that they need to, like academic boot camp once they're back to get that rigorous kind of education again, but I worry about the kid who doesn't come back, who, who lets go and won't get the GED or won't get that high school diploma. Um, and I think it's demoralized. I mean, there's a big yeah. difference between depression and demoralized. When shitty things or terrible things happen to us as humans, we feel terrible. Mm-hmm. It's the uncertainty. No one is telling us, just hold your breath for another 60 days and we'll be fine. Just do this for 90 days and we'll be okay. If anything, the messages that we're getting from the federal government are unclear. Um, mm-hmm. They aren't consistent. And therefore, nothing makes someone more anxious than uncertainty. And what about outside of online education? How has COVID-19 affected the kids right now? What are they worrying about? So I think we should break that down by age. So we're going to focus on teenagers, but clearly if you're under five, where you're having a field day, you got mom and dad all the time. What better, you know, I like that so much better than the daycare center or the nursery. I get to play with my parents. And if you're between five and 12, well, you're still in pretty good shape because mom and dad are holding it together. They can help you with school. But I think that the people who are taking the biggest hit are young and middle adolescents and late adolescents, you know, the young adults. Mm-hmm. So if you're in high school, you're not getting back the junior prom. You're not getting back the flirtation and that kind of free-spirited kind of hookup. Normal, normal adolescent experiences. Right. And I'm yeah, my, my da- I want my daughters out there kissing. And, and, and even... Even being in college as a freshman and sitting in a lecture hall and having an incredibly obtuse professor and you lean over to the person next to you and say, did you understand a word he said? And mm-hmm. they say, no, and you have a cup of coffee and you make a friend. You're right. um, none of that exists right now with online education or distance learning. And they're not getting it back. I have friends with, with smaller kids and teenagers. And the smaller kids, the parents have to sit next to them and help them with virtual schooling and everything. Correct. The teenagers, people are kind of letting them sort of go off. And, you know, they're teenagers. They can do their own thing. I worry about teenagers kind of going into their rooms and burrowing under the covers and going into a dark place and that we're not really paying attention to that. Do you find that? I I think there's going to be a certain percentage of kids who were having a slightly difficult time before COVID. They were more inattentive or they procrastinated a lot or they were very anxious. This is going to make them worse. I mean, you're just putting a magnifying glass on it. But I think parenting a teenager now is really a challenge because while you need to make rules. That's why I'm talking to you. Well, I was going to say social distancing, (laughs) wearing a mask. I I had a a patient who's 22, right? Recent Mm -hmm. graduate college last year, just finished a year at a big finance company, uh, is living with his parents. And he's telling me that he happens to be a very anxious guy. And he says, oh, well, fortunately, I hooked up with someone this weekend. And I hooked up. You wear a mask and a condom? I mean, yeah. what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, that, but and, let's t- and he yeah. said to me, which is worse? I said, don't take the mask off under yeah. those circumstances. Yeah, exactly. But, but he, in, in truth, he just wanted to make out with someone. And that's actually very you want a connection. Right. You want a he connection. Want a connection. He wanted to talk to someone. Yeah. And if you talk to a lot of kids who are on these apps now, you know, that they're not hooking up, hooking up, but... They're kind of like finding strangers to talk to that they that are age appropriate, whether they're in Australia or whether they're in New York or whether they're in Chicago. And you could understand the loneliness of these teenagers. And so while I, as a parent of a teenager, would say, I'm going to not fuss with you about how many hours you spend online, 
but I am going to be very insistent that you're not going to, you're going to have to social distance. You are going to have to wear a mask. Well, this is the big, this is the big dilemma when you're raising teenagers. They are at this point in their lives, uh, social creatures. I mean, that, that, you know, listen, I, I have let social media be their social life, which I hate, as you know, but you know, they used to be invited out to parties and bonfires and whenever that is. And so I'm constantly grappling with how do I allow them to have normal experiences, but we're in a COVID world. So, and then, I mean, you know, they're, they're bullshitting us when they say, oh no, we went to a bonfire and we, yeah, I wore my mask the whole time. I was six feet away from a boy. I mean, that's like the equivalent of my age when I went, no, there was nobody was drinking and nobody was smoking cigarettes. But so what do you, what do you say to your teenager? Don't, you can't go out. You can't leave the house. I mean, how do you, this is what everybody's kind of banging their head against the wall with. Like how, how do you restrain them in a way so that they're responsible in terms of COVID, but yet they can still go out? I think it's a matter of trying to figure out how much risk you're willing to let them take. And for them to understand that if they put themselves at risk like this, they then have to be responsible to recognize that they're going to put mom and dad, and you both are co, you know, have antibodies, but so the risk is not as bad, but you have parents, you have, you yeah. have grandparents, they have aunts and uncles who might not have antibodies. So what are we going to do about this? And also to recognize this is not forever. You know, I am very confident we're getting a vaccine. I don't think it's going to be as fast as they're saying it, but I would imagine by next spring we'll have vaccine, we'll have vaccines, and you know, and they'll be tested, and so you won't be a guinea pig. You won't be the. So, first in the world of uncertainty, we can say to our teenagers, ultimately, there w- will be an end to this. Right. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back with more Go Ask Alley. I think the most important part for a parent of a teenager is to validate that their losses are greater than your losses. I mean, you and George, this is a blip in your life. You mean it's an inconvenience, but the fact of the matter is, you will think back on an ex, you know, decades of marriage, and we'll say there was this one year, a year and a half, that was really awful, uh, historically awful. But you know, we made it through. When you're a teenager, um, I lost eleventh grade, or I didn't yeah. have a junior prom, or frankly, from a psychosocial development point of view, you know, I was supposed to be making out and uh, and experimenting with some kids. I didn't get to do that the entire year because. I was so uncomfortable with my anxiety about it that I couldn't relax enough, no matter what someone said to me. And and that's, so I think you have to say this sucks. This is really it's worse for you than right. it is. I was going to say teenagers um, are so self-involved anyway in their life. Right now, for teenagers, I think it's even more so. They really are feeling like you know, especially their parents. You don't understand. You know, I'm like you said. I'm never going to have a prom. I'm going to be a virgin in graduate school. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is. Um, From your mouth to God's ear. No. <laughs> yeah, well, no, really. If you have girls, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, the, my next question is, I, I'm trying to be a role model in a way for my teenagers. And so there are times when I'm enraged and terrified and, you know, I'm overeating in 10 minutes crumb cake because I'm freaked out, but I don't want to really show that to them. I'm trying to present a facade of, of feeling strong, even though all these emotions are bubbling at the surface. Is that the right thing to do? How real do I become with my teenagers? I think it can be real, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint Mm -hmm. and you need a second wind and a third wind. I mean, to get through 26 miles, the very rare person who just runs through the whole thing at an even pace. And I think that there's perfectly okay to say to a daughter or son, I'm having a very bad time. And I find that if I go do yoga, if I go take a walk, if I call my mother, if I call my best friend, um, I'll feel a lot better. So you're going to have to give me an hour or you're going to have to give me a half an hour. And then you come back and say, I got another wind. You know, I got a second, a third, a tenth wind. I'm ready to go. So the modeling that you're doing is you're not pretending that this is a piece of cake, but you're showing them that you have coping skills, that you have a way to try to deal with this. I, I mean, there are moments, you know, I try to do exercise every day now. 
because I think I need social distancing between me and the refrigerator because I'm you know, with the you. Fre- the freshman 15, I think I have yeah. the COVID-19. Yeah, know, I got the COVID-20 right there. This is like unbelievable. But, yeah. um, and it's so easy to gain and so hard to lose. So I figure if I walk three or four miles, it's a good way to start the day. There are days where I can feel like I am walking through mud. I'm sluggish and you know I'm going to finish the four miles, but it's not like I'm jogging. I, I know that it's just getting to me. And it seems to me that for me, mindfulness works. It seems to me that also if I have a cup of coffee and I stay away from people for a bit and try to just calm down, because that's the other thing you can help your kids with, living in the moment. The problem with not living in the moment is the uncertainty. So if you start saying, so what are we going to do next year? What are we doing next month? What are we doing? It's too much. It's way too overwhelming. So let's live in the moment right here and now. Let's listen to ourselves breathe. Let's just, you know, appreciate the sounds of the birds and let's just live in this moment for right now. It's also good to structure your kids to be able to say, you know, Wednesday is pizza night or Sunday we are, you know, if we're not going to church, we're going to listen to services if that's mm-hmm. what we usually do. Um, and I also think gratitude is really important. No matter where, you, certainly we have a lot to be grateful for. You know, we, we're sheltered in place in a beautiful place in the world. We have enough food. We have enough money coming in. Our kids are safe. Um, I think there's that moment that it, whether it's Friday night or Saturday or Wednesday or Sunday, for you to go around the table and say, I just want to talk about why I feel lucky. This mm-hmm. week, I felt really lucky I did a great podcast. Or this week, I just had such a good time, you know, when I went to the beach or I'm reading a great book. But also, I think that there's a place also for, I'm so grateful. What can I do to help somebody else? How can I, you know, maybe if I'm too scared to go to a food pantry because of COVID, what, how can I serve my community? I've sort of, it does take it off of us in this kind of me, 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 me world a little bit. Um, I've been trying to instill that with my kids, but this sense of like, is there any little thing you can do that somehow helps the world? Whatever that is, you know, right. we're, we're restrained by COVID. But I wanted to ask you about the the exercise part, which is what are you telling your teenage patients that are athletes? Because they're not able to practice their sport. These are sports that they were probably hoping they could go to college on. I mean, right. how, are you, how are you charting those waters? So they have to stay active, by the way. They have yeah. to table the um, comp- competition. And it is a tough one if you were planning on pa- making it part of your college application. And you have to do something else. So um, I-, I went to a driving range, went to a golf driving range, and I was watching two young men who were wearing very high like baseball socks, <laughs> couldn't figure out their outfit. And they were hitting <laughs> the, they were stroking that golf ball. It was going 300 yards. And I said to him, where do you play golf? And two of them said, we're in the minor leagues, baseball minor leagues out here on Long Island. And they've shut down minor league baseball. Right. And we have to stay active. So I said, what do you do? And they said, this the regular routine and the two of us are sheltered in place. So you know, golf is something you're allowed to do. You go to a driving range and bring your own golf clubs and hit the, you know, you, you don't touch the golf ball very much. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the things they have to do is keep running, push-ups, sit-ups. Um, and the reason for that is not only to keep their bodies in shape for their sport, it's terrific for your brain. You know, everybody should be doing 20 minutes of cardio every day. And 20, cardio means that you have to sweat a little bit. 
So if you're just going for a leisurely walk, it's not good. If you can get the walk going so that your heart rate picks up and you get to sweat, that's actually terrific for your brain because that's fresh blood going to your brain and it's oxygenated and you're getting new, new, um, fresh, um, kind of thinking of it as cleaning out the brain. And it's right. very good for you. It's good for, for, to prevent dementia as we get older. It's good for your mood. It's good for anxiety. And again, you're focusing on something else. The other thing I would be very wary of is what you're reading and what you're watching. I really think, with no offense to George, I would watch very little news. I would keep it to a minimum of 10-minute bites, and you could do it three times a day. So there's really nothing new, especially on cable television, where they just repeat it 24-7. So you watch 10 minutes, you got you know what's going on in the world, and then you leave it alone. And if you really feel a need for more, a few hours later, you watch another 10 minutes. Well, um, certainly with, with teenagers, I would assume that you encourage, like I have with my kids, I said, watch something funny before you go to bed. Right. You don't well, watch euphoria. Do, right. well, well, how about also taking advantage of the fact that you basically are spending more time with your kids than ever before. And, you know, how about making a movie night? You know, I mean, there must be 10 movies you think they should see. And there are 10 movies they want you to watch. So I, I said this to some family where the mother said, Ace Ventura, another time? <laughs> How many times can I watch Ace Ventura? Go yeah. for it. It's a 10-year-old boy. He wants Ace Ventura. Yeah, but I know. If you want him to watch, you know, um, E.T., which they've never seen, you're going to have to balance it out. But the nice part about doing something together like that is there's a discussion afterwards that's not about COVID. That's not right. about themselves. That's... You know, I mean, I, I, Harold, I can only dissect the hangover. So many <laughs> things, but, but I actually think that even, you know, we're watching a lot of comedy at our house. I even think it's good for, like you said, my husband, George, who's a newsman and who's immersed in this. I mean, we watch some dumb movie where there's a lot of fart jokes and George is falling off the chair laughing. And I think right. well, good for him. He right. needs it as much as the teenagers do. I mean, there are things that, you know, distraction is good right now because like I said before, we've made our house a nice anxiety bubble for us to all live in together. Um, it's the uncertainty that's the our, hardest our thing. Aerosol Zoloft, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we're spraying ourselves with Zoloft yeah. now. <laughs> now a quick word from our sponsors. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back to Go Ask Alley. Let's get back to the discussion. One of the things I wanted to ask you for, for parents is what are the signs we should look at or look for when it comes to our teens right now with COVID in terms of depression? Because they're all lying around right now. They're all on their phones or they're watching things. And there's a fine line, I think, between, hey, I'm just chilling because there's nothing else to do. And I'm actually incapacitated with depression or, you know, things are getting a little too dark. And I I wonder in your opinion. So let's remember that anxiety disorders are the number one mental health disorder in Mm -hmm. childhood, but that anxiety morphs into depression when you hit puberty. And so that people who have an anxiety disorder before adolescence are at higher risk for developing full-blown depression during their teenage years. And people who have depression during their teenage years that goes untreated are at higher risk for having depression as adults. So, and remember the difference. The difference is demoralization versus depression. Terrible things are happening right now. I feel awful that my friend is sick. I'm terribly upset. My grandmother you know, has COVID and is going into the hospital. My father has had to take a cut in his salary. All of those things are sad and demoralizing. Very different than depression where I'm chronically irritable. I'm either overeating or undereating. I'm having trouble with my concentration. My energy level really is poor. I'm having trouble thinking about enjoyable events. So I can't really enjoy a TV program or I can't, or the environment is so sensitive that as soon as you leave me alone, I fall back into a mm-hmm. funk. And so you should really be careful about that because uh, left untreated, it's bad for the kid. And so I think that this is a very hard one to tell because I'm bored. I don't have enough to do. I'm, I'm a typical teenage boy. I don't want to read a book. Mm-hmm. I really would like to go hang out with my friends. My friends are not around or their parents are not letting me hang out. Um, so I look and I'm very grumpy. Um, do I have depression or do I just have COVID irritability or COVID angst? 
and parents have to recognize, is it every day? Is it um, most days? What about and, sleeping too much? Well, I think that that's the sign. That Remember, when adults get depression, they tend to undersleep. They have trouble falling asleep. They have insomnia. When teenagers get depressed, they really get lethargic, and they oversleep. They could overeat, and they get more irritable than sad. And so, you know, thankfully, you know, in the 1980s, Prozac came out. Those medicines, those SSRIs are incredibly effective. And the other thing that's very effective is cognitive behavioral therapy. And you can do that treatment on a screen. I mean, talk about how we morphed the Child Mind Institute is that you can do, we we are taking care of kids who have recently been discharged from McLean, Menninger's, Rogers Memorial, and uh, Cornell. And they're on a screen getting DBT, a type of treatment that for self-destructive behavior, kids who cut, kids who are suicidal. If you would have told me a year ago, Harold, you're going to start doing treatment on a screen with high-risk kids, I would say I'm not carrying that liability. That's, yeah, you know, what not. happens if something bad happens? Well, we know the name of the local emergency room. We have the name of a psychiatrist in their community. We have the name of the hospital that discharged them. And we're the only ones who are willing to treat them four days a week on a screen as a group. Um, and it's working. So we're seeing about 10 kids a day. So they get, you know, neuropsych testing behind, you know, with plexiglass and people wearing gloves and their temperature is taken and half the furniture has been removed so that, you know, there's a lot of social distancing. But, you know, 280 people are being seen every day on a screen. Yeah. So what we really need to be in person for is testing, uh, complicated testing. We could do, actually do educational assessments online and for the intensive treatment. You know, the, the, the treatment that we're known for, so you have obsessive compulsive disorder, we have to do exposure, response prevention. You can't do that kind of exposure um, over, you know, through the internet. But will you still implement this? Will you keep a lot of this? Oh, telehealth is here to stay. Okay. I, I'm convinced. And I actually think it really works best if you get a relationship with a kid and you are invested and the treatment is working and the kid can't make it to the office because there's a test the next day. Or it's 20 miles away, just 20 miles away, and the traffic is tremendous. And then all of a sudden, this really makes a lot of sense. I'm convinced that this will change the the delivery of services. And right now, we have a lot of people who don't want to go on public. They don't want to go on a subway, or they don't want to come onto a bus. So we're going to have to keep telehealth going, I think, until we have a vaccine that's really effective, or antivirals. We need something that secures someone's faith that they're not going to die from this or kill somebody with right. this disease. Or, I mean, doesn't teletherapy work for uh, kids that, besides traffic, just can't afford or have no access to you? Or, or there's no psychiatrist or psychologist there, yeah. who knows how to do effective, you know, evidence-based treatment right. in their state. Or So right now, it's really kind of amazing. The silver lining is that most states have eliminated the, the, law, the rules that if you don't have a license in their state, you can't practice. Now, if you think about it, there should be a national license, right? It's not like law. We have state laws. I mean, the treatment I'm going to give you is the same whether you sit in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or Missouri. So this doesn't make a lot of sense. It's almost like protecting the local practitioners so that they they won't be affected by this. But, you know, we're going to figure a way around this. This is inevitable because... Um, there's a shortage. There's 8,500 child psychiatrists in the whole country, 17 million kids who have a mental health disorder. There's got to be a better delivery system than the one we have. Absolutely. Well, maybe you're on to something. 
Right. And this crisis always gives you opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm old enough to remember 9-11 very well because at the time I was in charge of the NYU Child Study Center. And we just started taking care of kids who had gone to school by ground zero or, or who lost, you know, in Staten Island or in Manhasset where they lost a tremendous amount of uncles and aunts and fathers and brothers. And we just said, we're going to start doing PTSD treatment in groups. We're going to be able to do it in schools. I mean, and we're going to start opening school-based programming. It changed the way uh, delivery worked. Yep. I mean, it's just, we, we are an essential organization. In the same way that St. Jude's is absolutely essential for this country, the Chaman Institute is also. So it's absolutely. just a matter of being clever and creative and finding smart people to say, okay, how are we going to do this? We'll figure it out. Now, I want to just end, I always like to end on a little takeaway. So I'm a mom and I've just run into you on the street and I say, oh my God, Harold, give me three good tips on dealing with a teenager in a pandemic right now. What are they? So keep them on a schedule. Make sure that they're waking up about the same time every single day and that you're watching their sleep hygiene. That schedule is the morning and at night because once you get off, it's really very hard to get back on. Okay. Number two, do that gratitude thing. Remember, find a moment where you can all discuss with each other why you're grateful. That, you know, where's the silver lining? The, co- the glass is not half empty, the glass is half full. And model that. Not only during, it's particularly important during COVID, but it's actually important in general for our kids to remember that they should be grateful. And number three, I think that this is family time. There's an opportunity to build new rituals and new traditions in your house, whether it's that you're going to bake together or that you're going to clean up the dishes at dinner time, or that you're going to all read the same book and discuss it, or you're going to make choices on what you're watching on TV, but that you are going to start traditions. And the idea shouldn't be passive. If it's a movie, let's discuss it afterwards. You know, it doesn't have to be super intellectual, but there's some kind of communication based on observations and sharing those observations. So it's really three simple things of scheduling, gratitude, and taking advantage. There's, there's an opportunity here for family. Thank you, Harold, so much. This is so, as you know, this is gonna be very helpful to a lot of people. I'm glad, it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe, review, and rate. And follow me on social media. On Instagram, The Real Allie Wentworth, and Twitter, at Allie E. Wentworth. Go Ask Allie is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.